Liron Hirschkorn here, your host of the e-commerce mindset podcast. Uh, I recently did uh, an interview for the Seven Figure Seller Summit, uh, which I think just ended. Um, and actually, this was a bonus interview only for uh, people who paid for the recordings. It was all around Amazon advertising, uh, Amazon DSP, what's working currently uh, around Amazon advertising. And now that the summit is over, um, I've gotten the recording and able to, to share it and put it out. So um, this is a conversation with Gary uh, Huang, who uh, interviewed me for uh, for this uh, talk on Amazon ads, Amazon PPC. We touched on uh, DSP, and so uh, basically uh, took that uh, video recording, uploaded the audio here, um, so that I can share it with more people here on the podcast. Enjoy the episode. It's brought to you by Incrementum digital.com incrementum digital is my amazon sponsored ads agency where we're helping brands grow their sales on amazon by fully managing their amazon ads as well as amazon dsp uh, my contact information is in the show notes uh, feel free to reach out and enjoy uh, this uh, this hour-long talk on the latest happening with amazon ads All right, welcome back everybody in this exclusive masterclass. I'm super excited to have back on Liron Hirschkorn. How are you doing, Liron? Doing great, thank you. Excellent. So today, Liron is offering the latest um, training on Amazon PPC. Uh, he's gonna give you an overview of how Amazon PPC has evolved, what's changed, the five new ad types that they're working on right now to help you rank on Amazon how you can take advantage of this and also a glimpse into the future of what he's seeing next. So um, let's go ahead, dive right in. Liran, why don't you, uh, you get us started? Sure. Um, so I think it's interesting to talk a little bit about how Amazon advertising has evolved and then we can get into some more, more specifics. So I started selling on Amazon in, in 2014. And at that time, uh, running ads was like optional. Like if you wanted to run ads, you could run ads. But you didn't have to. You could launch a product. At that time, you could do, uh, you know, deep discount giveaways and uh, ask for a review in exchange for your honest feedback, whatever that means on a free product. Um, you could drive a lot of reviews. You can drive organic rank. Uh, it wasn't as competitive. Um, and there were maybe four ads on page one. Um, you fast forward and as far as the ads that you can run, you can run like an auto campaign, you can run broad match. Um, there was a lot of things that you couldn't do. If we fast forward to today, Amazon has gone from four ads on page one to 10 plus ads on page one. Um, at the same time, you know, uh, several things have happened. Amazon advertising um, as a segment of the Amazon business is the fastest growing revenue source for, for Amazon as a business. Amazon sees the opportunity to take market share uh, in the ad game from the Googles of the world and the Facebook of the world, Facebooks of the world, so an Instagram and, and, and social media. So they want to grow their ad revenue. And the way they're doing it is it's no longer, uh, if you're a private label seller, if you're a brand owner, it's sort of no longer optional to run ads. You really have to run ads. Um, especially when you're launching new products. Now, if you get to a point in your sort of life cycle of a product where a product is more mature, it has a lot of organic positioning, it has a lot of reviews, you can certainly pull back and maybe even stop ads um, and be more profitable that way. Um, I'm not an advocate for just stupidly wasting money if you don't need to, but certainly as in competitive products or as you're growing, ads are kind of like a, a requirement. And uh, I think it's been both uh, a blessing and a curse in terms of what's happened because over the last five or six years, um, things have gotten more complex, but you also have a lot more control and opportunity to advertise. So you can launch a product today and be on page one, day one of launching the product because of Amazon advertising. Um, at the same time, if you're not advertising, you're held back. Um, what I'll talk about in a little bit too is also how to use ads to your advantage in terms of a rank organic ranking standpoint and how to utilize the ads, the ad um, platform to gain organic ranking. Um, but today, fast forward to today in terms of what's available, um, we now have, you know, broad match, phrase match, exact match targeting. We didn't have when I started. We have a bids down, bids fixed, bids up and down. 
we have placement optimization that allows you to tell the uh, bidding algorithm to uh, push your position to top of search by a certain percentage if the algorithm thinks you'll convert better. Same with product pages. You have ASIN targeting that you didn't have at the time. Um, ASIN targeting came mainly just from the auto campaign. Now you have a specific ASIN targeting. Um, and now you have, uh, in addition, some things that are new in like the last year are video ads that are working really, really well. Uh, you have a sponsored product, um, sponsored display product targeting ads, ads that are showing up underneath the bullet points that historically have only been available through, um, through AMS, which when I started, you need to have a loophole through Vendor Express to get access to AMS that, that doesn't exist anymore. Um, so a lot of the tools that only vendors used to have are now available to third-party sellers and more are coming. The opportunity is if you have the knowledge base and you know what's working, you have an opportunity to be very nimble and go after ad types that could be very successful for you that you know targeting vitamin C serum uh, on a keyword to be on page one is super competitive, but you could probably be on page one with a, with a video ad today without uh, paying as much per click because it's a new ad type that not everyone is going after or a sponsored uh, display product targeting ad. New ad type, you can get a lot cheaper cost per click because a lot of people either don't have access yet or they just haven't activated that new inventory of ads. So what seems to be happening over time is cost per click goes up and then Amazon introduces a whole new inventory of a type of ad. And then the cost per click for that is down because it's a new ad type, new inventory, not everyone's utilizing. And so it's been going in these kind of flows. And if you're able to take advantage of these dips, you can acquire new customers at a much lower cost. And so the game is really understanding, understanding how to optimize sort of like the regular ads that are there that have been there that will drive a lot of the traffic which is like sponsored product ads, and then how to utilize the latest things in sponsored brand ads. And we'll talk about custom image beta and sponsored brand video ads and product display targeting. And then what I think is the future, which is DSP. Um, I went this year in January, before the lockdown, I went to Seattle and I met with one of the top people on Amazon advertising. Um, and the future of Amazon advertising is very interesting. Um, Amazon, um, you know, more and more, directly the guy told me their goal is to democratize TV advertising. Okay. Amazon wants, Amazon wants you to be able to run ads on TV through, through its DSP platform. Um, but other ads that are available now that are, that are running are things called OTT, which is over the top. It's on Kindle devices. Um, it's on prime video. Um, you see now Amazon actually, um, doing a, a TV show. Um, uh, on Amazon Prime, I think, like a fashion show. And then after, you can go buy those products that are on the fashion show that are on Amazon. So you'll see these like additional opportunities. There's Amazon Live, where you could do, um, you know, live broadcast to show your product and then run ads to boost those videos. So I think there's going to be a lot of exciting things that are coming to ads. And the ones that are able to jump on things first and will have a sort of first mover advantage in terms of getting that audience and attention at a lower cost. Um, it's sort of it's a lot of the same as I talk and think about it, what's happening in social media, right? Over the last year, I've heard Gary Vee and he talks about TikTok, LinkedIn, TikTok, LinkedIn, right? These are the social media platforms where you can get attention at a lower cost, right? And then a bunch of people come and then the cost goes up and then there's some kind of new platform that you know opens up and becomes an opportunity. And that's kind of what happens and what's been happening with Amazon ads um, over, over the last you know, few years. Yeah, I think this can be a golden time right now to get in early. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, not only like, you know, Amazon when they had like headline search ads and, you know, and they call it like sponsored brands. Now, I mean, when it first came out like a couple of years ago, it was really cheap and, they, you know, the cost went up. So I think this could be that early mover golden opportunity that, um, that you guys watching today can take action on and, you know, yeah. get these benefits. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, even with that, right, like with sponsored brand ads. So, even with that, there's new things that you can take advantage of that are performing better. So, uh, you know, we can, we can start to touch on it. There's yeah. Um, yeah. In, in sponsored brands, there's something called a custom image beta. <clears throat> and the custom image beta allows you to put a, <clears throat> a very big lifestyle image 
instead of, you know, the typical was like a logo on the left, or sometimes people would put a product image on the left and three images on the right. Now you have this big space where you can put a light, a big lifestyle image. Um, and we've seen performance on those ads uh, work better. Um, there's now sponsored brand product targeting ads. So now though the, now those headline ads are not just showing, first of all, they're not just showing on top. They're also showing at the footer um, of, of keyword searches. Um, and by the way, um, there's a placement report that shows you how you're performing on top of search and how you're, and how you're performing in other places. And in the campaign settings on the sponsored brand ads, there's a little toggle where you can increase or decrease the bid for not top of search. So if you see your performance is, is um, doing either good or not good, other than in the top of search regular placements where sponsored brands have always been, you could toggle that percentage. Um, but now we see footer. Now we see sponsored brand ads on individual product pages where we haven't seen them before. Product targeting sponsored brand ads. So there's, again, even within that sort of segment of the sponsored brand ads, there's new ad types that are working better. Um, I would say specifically what I've seen as far as results-wise is not necessarily the product targeting side, but more so on the custom image beta, that big lifestyle images image that grabs more attention um, has been performing better um, for, for our clients. Um, so if you want, I can get into some of these new ad types that are- Definitely, that yeah, that'll be great. Um, so, um, let's touch on sponsor brand video. Um, number one, if you're brand registered and you do not have access in your account to sponsor brand video ads, you should open a case with brand registry and ask for access because they'll, they'll typically give it to you and you can get that access. And I would say more important than having the perfect video is getting the ad up. Okay, so what most of our clients are doing, and I'm doing myself, is if I don't have a pro video for a product, I'm not going out, especially if you have five, 10, 15, 20 products, I'm not going out and one, spending $1,000 or $2,000 to send my product to a video team to create the video and take two, two weeks to a month to create. And if I have 10, 15 products, I'm gonna spend you know, 30, 40,000 on video at one time. Um, I'm creating very simple slideshow videos. Okay. So um, we can actually, we're actually doing this for our clients, uh, creating them, but there are tools like a website called biteable.com, um, which allows you to create these um, sort of, um, they have these templates and they have one called the product launch where you can put your images, you can put text and boom, you can create, create a video for like 50 or hundred bucks subscription. There are guys on Fiverr that for 20 bucks, um, we'll create, uh, we'll create these really nice videos for you, um, or Fiverr, um, or you could do it on Animoto promo, all these websites. And it's more important speed to the market and getting it up. And the results you'll get from that are more important than having pro video. Um, the other thing, the other sort of like tips I'll give you around sponsor brand video is that the sound is off by default and, uh, Amazon, I, I would assume this from common sense, but Amazon has told us directly most consumers are not turning on the sound. That means you don't, if you already have a video for your product and it's an influencer doing an unboxing, that would be the wrong type of video to use because if there's a lot of talking and explaining, you don't want to use that. Um, or if you did, you, I would add in captions and I would add in some text callouts and things like that in the video. So what's mo most important on these videos is having nice big images and big text that's going to grab attention. Um, so I've seen two types of videos work well, either these sort of slideshows or like demonstration type videos, right? Let's say I have a, you know, um, a grill mat or a grill brush, right? Showing somebody using the brush, showing some of the features, text callouts of the material, things that are important that you would want. Um, these ads have gone from being displayed only on the bottom of mobile to now being in the middle of mobile search, uh, search results. I've just seen that very recently and also showing up on desktop also either in the middle of the page, it takes up a lot of space or on the bottom. Amazon's been testing that on and off. So sometimes I see it, sometimes I don't see it, but I expect that videos are going to show up in more places and it's good to have these videos. Um, I also expect that video will roll out to everybody on your A plus content. Um, why? Because Amazon always launches these things first to select groups and then rolls them out. So 
um, Launchpad, Amazon Launchpad customers. These are these are sellers that have uh, that are paying an additional fee to be part of this program. They have access to adding video on their A plus, and that means if Amazon rolled it out there, they'll eventually roll it out to all sellers. So at some point, you do want to have probably a better or more pro maybe type video for your listing. It's good to prepare for that. Um, but I would say for these ads, it's just important to have nice text and images and not worry about anything really else. You need to have 45 second clips or less. Um, another pro tip that I'll give you, what we've seen is it's kind of weird, but sometimes we'll upload a video and it gets declined. And then we upload it again and it gets approved. So don't go changing all the text, all the content, assuming you didn't add things like five-star reviews or Amazon's logo or whatever in the video that's going to get it or health claims or whatever that's going to get it rejected every time. Um, we've seen, we've tried up to five times and we'll get it approved. So don't assume that they rejected it and they don't really tell you why, that you need to go start messing with the whole video. Try multiple times because we've seen it get approved. Uh, video ads have worked really, really well. I would recommend being aggressive. The only downside is there's only X amount of traffic you can get, right? Like the, there aren't uh, placements all over. I expect more placements to come. But, you know, if all I could run was video ads and get enough traffic, it's the best performing as far as an ACOS and cost per click um, segment of ads. It's just that I can't get unlimited traffic uh, or all the traffic the same way I can get with like native, what I would call native sponsored product ads that look like regular listings and everywhere else and are more likely to get clicks. Um, but sponsored brand video ads are working really well. Um, talked about the custom image, sponsored brand ads are worthwhile um, to, to test out um, as well as like sponsored brand product targeting ads, all the new sponsored brand ad types. Um, I'll jump in in a minute. I'll jump into different ways that you can segment your ads um, particularly your campaigns in, in both sponsored products and sponsored brands um, that I want to add. But the, the next ad type that I think is worthwhile. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yes. Can I ask yes. uh, a quick question going back to the sponsor yes. brand video? This sounds very yes. interesting and it's new. Um, in terms of the, uh, like the cost, is it still based on you know, PPC, like pay-per-click, or is it based on impressions? Like How does that work? So, so it's a good question because when this rolled out, it was based on, it was a fixed cost per click. <clears throat> when, when these rolled out, it was five, five cents a click. And Amazon just rotated. Um, Amazon just rotated people. There was no bidding in a sense. Amazon just, Amazon just rotated people. And then after it moved to a cost per click system, okay? Um, my advice to you would be to start out with lower, um, with lower bids. Um, at some point, Amazon made the minimum bid, I think, be at least either 10 cents or 25 cents. We were getting like three cent, four cent clicks. And then Amazon raised the minimum. You can, even if nobody's bidding, like these ads are working so well and Amazon's making so much money, mm -hmm. Amazon's yeah. saying, no, you know what? Sorry, you can't get four cent clicks anymore. Um, yeah. So there's a minimum minimum bid. I think it's 10 cents um, that you need to be at, um, but you can actually get clicks at 10 cents, 15 cents, 20 cents. On more competitive keywords, you will see it higher. You'll see like dollar and, and, and around there uh, are, more, are more competitive and probably in some segments like keto or vitamin C serum or whatever, you will see higher clicks because a lot of those players have implemented it and are being aggressive. Um, but yeah, it's a cost per click um, system, which I think is actually, ultimately it's, it's a lot better than a fixed or an impression-based system because um, uh, I think you also get rewarded uh, based on conversions. So I think the entire Amazon algorithm rewards you. Your cost per click, you can be in position one and somebody can be in position two and your cost per click is vastly different um, because if you're converting at a certain amount, Amazon wants your ad to be there because you are they're making money not just off the click, they're making money off the sale, the fulfillment, as well as the commission um, and it's good for the customer it's a win-win so the, the algorithm is going to reward you with a lower bid and so if your video ads are converting really well um, I like the bidding system kind of better um, so yeah so it's a cost per click cool all right let's keep going okay let's keep going so um, we're talking about um, another ad type um, sponsored product uh, display so within sponsored product display, um, there was an ad type that was initially introduced that was retargeting. Um, and in that retargeting, it allows you to put in a bid and a budget. 
and retarget customers off Amazon. This ad type, I have not seen great results with, okay? Um, the reason why I would imagine is because you don't have a lot of control over who is being retargeted, um, <clears throat> who, who, who is being retargeted with your ad. Um, it's generally people that have maybe searched for um, a keyword that relates to your product. It's not necessarily everybody who's been on your listing. It's, it's different segments, people who search for a keyword related to your product, people who maybe viewed your product, people who maybe purchased, you don't really know. So it has not worked. These ads have generally not worked well. Now, what's interesting, what we're starting to test now is that um, a few of our clients um, have now within the audience targets, they have some separate segments now, searches, views, and purchases. Okay. And so now you can test these different segments of the audience. And if you have that, it's worth testing. So for example, we'll start with the, the last one I mentioned purchases. Purchases is anybody that has bought from you in the past. If you have a consumable product, you should absolutely be advertising that, right? I sell this, uh, what I showed you before, these green tea, um, these green tea things. I buy these all the time. I buy them like every month. Um, you know, right now I need to reorder. And if, if I saw on another website or something, maybe this ad for this, I might, it might remind me to go and reorder the product or click and go and go reorder. Now I'll touch on DSP in a little bit, totally different platform. DSP allows you to go a lot further. DSP allows you to say, I want to target people who bought my product 60 days ago, but if they bought within the last 30 days, don't target them because they already purchased. I don't need to show them the ad. You can't get that, that nuanced and targeted within the, the uh, seller central side of retargeting. But what we're going to start testing is these different segments. And if you have them, I would say it's worth testing. So purchases, people who've purchased your product, views, people who have um, viewed your product or a similar product, and then searches, people who have searched for a keyword related to your product and you can segment these out under audiences um, again the, the overall audience retargeting um, segment within sponsored display has we have not seen tremendous tremendous results with now the other area that's new that's that's come out in the last couple months in sponsored display is sponsored display product targeting okay sponsored display product targeting ads um, sponsored display product targeting ads have worked really really well these ads generally show up right underneath the bullet points, okay, as kind of like a little banner ad. Um, and the reason why they're working so well is the cost per click is incredibly low. We're seeing two cent, three cent, 20 cent, 30 cent clicks for these ads. So you should attack this immediately. Um, and what I would recommend is that you go with one of two, one of two, and I will say both of these strategies, okay, as far as implementing this new ad type. So you're already likely targeting ASINs in your other campaign. So when you run an auto campaign, Amazon, um, the majority actually of impressions don't come from keywords, but they come from your ad showing up on sponsored products related to this item on ASINs. And within the search terms that Amazon shows you, they're showing you the ASINs that are converting well. And then you're probably whether you're managing yourself or using software, hopefully you're taking those ASINs also that are converting from auto and then moving them into a manual, um, manual, uh, regular manual campaign, not the product uh, uh, display I'm talking about, a regular manual product targeting campaign where you're targeting those ASINs that convert. And maybe when you initially set up your campaign, you did, you did some research and you put in a bunch of ASINs in there and you optimized and tested what worked. And what I'd recommend is that your first step be, you take all the ASINs that have worked, that, that have converted a sale, and you put them into this product targeting campaign. The mistake would be to stop there, okay? And the reason is because in your manual campaign, in your, in your older campaigns, your manual product targeting, your auto campaign, your bids, the same, the same ASIN you're targeting on the page at a bid, at paying a dollar cost per click, may cost you 15 cents on the product targeting uh, display side, right? Which means maybe you had a 200% ACoS on that, on that ASIN because of the cost per click. But if you, add that, if you add an ASIN that didn't work on the manual side into the product display side, it might work really well because now you're able to 
to get you know 10 times more clicks for every for every one that you got before and even if your conversion rate is kind of poor you, it still may do well so i would say for these campaigns take everything that worked and then take a lot of other asins and dump them in okay the cost per click is low start out at a low budget and see what works from there don't just take what what worked in the other campaigns one of the ways there are multiple ways that you can find these asins okay i'll give you two one is take like take the top 10 or 15 keywords that are related to your product that have you know the most search volume and the most relevancy to your product right so you do that keyword research search for them on amazon and then you can use like helium has an extension that has called asin grabber run it download all the asins on page one for that keyword okay then take the next keyword download all the asins on page one and you'll end up if you take you know 20 keywords or 30 keywords and you download all these to a csv file you'll end up with you know seven eight hundred asins to target that you can put into this campaign that's option one another option that's sort of easy is if you have brand analytics and chances are i think you need brand registry to run sponsored display so if you have brand registry you should have, uh, if you have sponsored display you should have brand registry and brand analytics put in your keyword into brand analytics you'll get not just that keyword data there um, but you'll get a list of related keywords look on like a quarterly basis you'll get a lot of information uh like for the last quarter and download that csv and it'll have there maybe you know hundreds of asins also take those asins dump them in and then start off the campaign with like a 50 cent bid you know or, or something to that effect and see the results that you get and then optimize from there um, and we've seen some really good performance with those ad types um, so that's you know one of the other really like new segments that we find has been uh, working very well this is gold, Liran. And can I ask a quick question? You know, with the, you know, like the old school, like the auto campaign, you know, it automatically targets ASINs, right? So after you move those ASINs into your manual or these new product uh, display ads, can you negative those ASINs in the auto campaign? And how, how do you do that? So my understanding is that you cannot negate ASINs. Okay. Um, now, um, <laughs> it's interesting you bring that up because I have not listened to this yet, but, um, I'll give a, I'll give a plug. Um, there's a guy that has a, a software called ad advantage. Um, I know the guy from Facebook, I've never used the software, so I can, I, I can't vouch, um, positive or negative against it. Um, seems like a nice guy, but he's got a software and he's got a podcast called PBC den. And literally, I've been wanting to listen to it. I haven't had a chance to where he did an experiment where he, he said he wanted to debunk to see about this myth that you really can negate ASINs and it doesn't work. And so he just did an experiment with it. Um, and it's PBC Den. He just did it this week um, on his podcast. Um, so we're recording this probably a little bit before it comes out. But um, uh, I'm going to go back and I'm going to find out. Now, from what everything I know and everything I've I've know about ads, you cannot negate ASINs in the auto campaign. It doesn't work. They'll still run. Um, okay. That's as far as I know. But I, I'm curious to hear an experiment he recently did because the truth is I haven't looked into this for a couple of years because I've just kind of known this to be a fact. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Okay. No, I was curious can, if there was any change, but it sounds like it's still, it's still uh, ongoing. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's still ongoing, um, and it's okay. I mean, if you you have you, you still you want to move those asins to a manual because you have more control, right? right? When you're running asins in a in a auto campaign, all those asins. Uh, another change that's happened over the last few years is now auto campaigns have four targeting options. That again wasn't wasn't a thing when I started, but you know it's like complementary or competitor. So all the asins running under that are complementary, all the asins running competitor are running at the same bid, and that's really not the level of control that you should have, right? If an ASIN is working well, you want to be able to increase the bid, push it to a better position, get more impressions. Um, so I would say um, you want to move them into manual and then you also want to run them under product um, display. One thing I wanted to add, another new um, strategy that we're implementing, um, we implement this across sponsored products, but now we're starting to implement it uh, across sponsored brands, is uh, branded and unbranded campaigns, okay? So as a sort of concept and strategy. Now, it may or may not make sense 
for your particular business to do this. Um, if your brand, if your brand has um, branded search terms, okay, meaning there are people that are going on Amazon, and I bet you this this brand has it because they're pretty popular. It's called Peak P I Q U E. The way I would instantly know if people are searching for this, besides using tools, is I was just type in the brand name into Amazon search box and see if there's all these auto suggest terms after. And if they are, it's coming from what people are searching. So I would kind of instantly know, but obviously you can use tools, any of the tools that show you search volume, um, you can use and you can see if your brand has branded search terms. Um, I would say if you're like in the consumables also, you probably have it because if people are rebuying your product over and over, um, they're probably coming back and just searching the brand name. Um, but over time, as you build your private label, you will build branded search terms. And if you have them, you should separate out your campaigns by branded versus unbranded keywords, meaning peak brand should have one campaign that has all the category level keywords, okay? So this is a green tea powder that you put in, in, you know, in your water um, or, or tea or whatever. And the, the category terms for this would be like green tea, green tea on the go, travel, green tea, whatever, right? Like these are all what I call flagship category terms, matcha tea, whatever, right? Flagship category terms. And in one campaign, you would put those in, uh, we, we separate them into different ad groups so we can do search term isolation um, and um, negate keywords in, in, in different uh, ad groups. Um, but I would target those terms as broad phrase exact. I would have a separate campaign with my brand keywords also in, in broad phrase and exact with my branded terms like peaked, peak T, whatever. And the reason is because ultimately I have different goals for the A cost level at the A cost at the campaign level. Meaning on my branded terms, I, I don't wanna pay a 30% A cost to acquire a customer that's already looking for my brand, right? Chances are, even if I don't have the ad, that they'll, find me on the page organically. But I still want to have the ad as a defensive, uh, from a defensive point of view. I still want to have my ad um, ideally at the top. Um, but ultimately, if it doesn't convert that well or if the A cost is high, I may not. Because again, this person's already looking for me. Chances are they'll find me. But again, defensively, I kind of want to be there because I don't want you know competitor green tea to show up instead of me and steal that customer away, especially on a consumable product where Hopefully I'm getting sales month after month. So for that campaign, my A cost goal may be 10%. But for my category level campaign, I want to acquire new customers, never heard of peak tea, but are looking for green tea. And those are new to brand customers. And those are really important for the growth of the brand, especially a consumable. And so I'm willing to pay, I'm willing to pay more. And so I want to have those separate. And so now what we're doing is now we're implementing the same strategy on the sponsored brand ad side. We're implementing three different type of campaigns, branded, category, and competitor with different goals, okay? So if I'm peak green tea, I may do a sponsored brand campaign uh, and I'm gonna separate out that campaign with keywords only targeting uh, five competitors. And for that one, maybe, my, maybe I'm willing to take 100% ACoS because I know I'm essentially, I'm doing what's called competitor conquesting. I'm directly stealing, ethically stealing customers away. And so I want to have a 100% ACoS goal for that campaign. Then I'm going to have a branded campaign with keywords just related to my brand. I'm going to show up on top. It's a good spot to be in. But again, I don't want to pay more than 10%. And then I'm going to have a separate flagship category keyword campaign that I'm going to say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to pay. 30%, 20%, whatever, to acquire that customer. Um, and so I would recommend if you have branded uh, searches that you segment out your campaigns both on the sponsored um, on the sponsored um, product side and on, and on the sponsored uh, brand side. And, and on the sponsored product side, you should do the same thing with your ASIN targeting campaigns, meaning ASIN, you, you should advertise if you have multiple products your own products on your own ASIN, right? Especially if you have related products within your brand. But again, you may want to do that within a different sort of ACoS target. And so if your ACoS targets are going to be different, it makes sense to segment out those campaigns into different 
um, into into different campaigns. If you if you have one sort of goal, like thirty percent, no matter what, I don't care. You can dump them all into one because you sort of can manage the whole campaign with that goal. Um, but I find it easier to segment. Also, it'll be easier for you to just see at a high level when you're looking at your campaigns, branded, unbranded. Like, where are my sales coming from? And over time, am I seeing a growth in branded, for example? Am I seeing more of my sales come from branded? So I see more people are probably searching for my, for my brand name. Uh, which, so it's kind of like just from a data level, it's good to just segment it just so that you can see on a high level when you're looking at your campaigns, um, you know, your, your branded versus unbranded traffic. Miran, a quick question. Yes. I, I love how you segmented this into three ad campaigns. Uh, branded category and competitor. Quick question about category. You mentioned about 30% uh, ACOS. How did you decide on that? Is that break even or like, how do you? Oh, well, so I think, I think it's, I think it's very personalized. Um, I was using it as an example, but I think your ACOS is uh, a very personal decision that um, you need to take in a lot of factors. I also think one of the other metrics that you should be looking at is not ACOS but it's um, tacos or, or some people call it blended ACOS, which is your, um, your, total, your total sales as compared to your ad spend, okay? Um, as another sort of like metric, you might not care about ACOS, but you wanna spend 10% of sales on ads, for example, um, as a metric, right? So you wanna, you wanna understand, and 10% is actually kind of a good sort of number, but again, I think that's very highly dependent on your product. And I think your ACOS and your your total ACOS targets should very much um, should very much be aligned with your the life cycle of your product. If you're in launch mode, your ACOS goal may be 150 percent, or right like yeah, very high. And 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 your your spend as compared to your total sales, all your sales are going to come from PPC starting out, and you're going to start to gain organic rank, and then and then you, it starts to balance out. Um, and as your product becomes mature, you're going to pull back, then you might be break even or better. And then your product gains more reviews, more organic rank. Now you say, and then I'm thinking like maybe in a year or two, I'm going to sell this brand. I want to, I want to be as profitable as I can. I'm going to pull back on the ad spend. Maybe I shut it off completely. So I think your ACOS goal is going to be very dependent and very dependent on, on, on your growth targets and goals. So I had a meeting with one of um, our clients this week, they're doing about 250,000 a month on Amazon and their goal is to get to 400,000. Um, and you know, I had this conversation with them. I'm like, you're spending about 40,000 a month on ads right now. You, you probably need to get to like 80,000 in order to get to that goal. And here are three products and they have consumable products. And here are three products where you have the most reviews um, and the, the most quality and quantity, like four and a half stars, like 500 reviews, 300 plus reviews. Here, these are the three products we should get super aggressive with. So these products, and, and they also have a lot of branded terms. So their overall ACoS is good. So these products now, we're going to move from like a 40% ACoS to like a 60% because we really want to push, we want to push your organic. We want to push new customers. I think it depends also a lot on if it's a consumable or not. A consumable product, I'm much more willing to spend a lot more money to acquire that customer. They're buying over and over again. But if, you know, if I'm selling this mic that I have here, that's a one-time purchase. I don't want to pay 100% ACoS to acquire that customer. They're buying from me again, maybe again in the next two, three years, maybe, right? If it breaks or something, um, it doesn't make sense. So, but if it's a consumable, maybe I want to pay 200% ACoS. Maybe I, I believe in my product so much. I know it's such a good product that once people buy it, they buy it over and over again. I want to pay. And that's also why bids in general and why yeah, yeah, that makes ACOS total sense. It's kind of like looking at the lifetime the value of the customer, and health and beauty space are just know, much just higher because everybody in that space cool. recognizes right. that you really want to buy that customer and you're willing to yeah. pay now because uh, X percent yeah. are going to buy again, uh, you know, uh, from the brand. Yeah. And it'd be great if Amazon shared more of that data. Um, I think if, I think they will. Um, I think Amazon's going to roll right. out more things for brands to be able to assess, uh, you know, assess it, and um, it makes sense for Amazon too because if they can show you data that you advertised and this cut this resulted in a new new to brand customer that bought again and again, 
you're going to be willing to spend more on ads, right? So I think I think over the next year or two, you're going to see a lot more brand friendly data. Um, and you know, Amazon for the first time also in the last year rolled out attribution, which allows you to track outside traffic. Why? Because they want they want that advertising money that's being spent on Facebook and you know other channels to drive to people's websites. They want that driven to Amazon, um, and so. Um, they, they, they want to take that traffic over to Amazon and they want to give you the data to back it up, especially to, especially to big brands, right? Like I'm a, you know, I'm a small guy. I'm willing to test out, you know, I'll spend, you know, a thousand, two thousand on some Facebook ads. I'll save my overall sales on Amazon. But Procter and Gamble is not going to do that. Procter and Gamble says our budget, if we're going to do it is, is, you know, $10 $10 million and we need to measure it, right? So in order to appeal to those big brands, Amazon really needs to uh, become more brand friendly as far as data goes. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, um, let's talk about some ranking, uh, ranking strategies. I think that's a good place. So we kind of covered some, some of the new ad types, um, how to utilize ASINs, what to take advantage of, how to segment campaigns. Um, and let's touch a, a little bit about ranking. Um, so can you rank your products using Amazon sponsored ads? And I think the, the answer is for sure. Yes, but there are times when it's easier. Okay. So let's kind of cover that. It's much easier. Any product, no matter how to rank a product on Amazon, when it's a new product, uh, new product on Amazon. Now, the advantage you have with older products is you might have a review count that makes it easier for you to stick the landing, to stick the ranking once you get to page one because of the reviews, right? Because you have the social proof for people to continue to buy organically once you get there. That being aside, the uh, Amazon algorithm works based off um, sales history. And when you have a new product, there, there could be sort of two things at play. When you have a new product, it doesn't have sales history. That means if I'm driving a lot of sales through a particular keyword, I'm advertising this green tea and I'm targeting green tea and I'm targeting top of search placement and I get really good sales off the bat. That's the only thing the algorithm sees off the bat. And so you're getting the benefit of like, there's no poor sales history on this product and you're getting the benefit of uh, an immediate, um, a very fast opportunity to rank your product using just Amazon PPC. Um, and so it's easier to gain organic ranking using PPC. I would say it's not as easy to stay there. You have to continue to get those organic sales once you get there. Um, you should still advertise, but you may not need to be as aggressive. So um, new products are much easier. Older products take longer to make that push. Okay. So you might, you know, if you've had poor sales or if you've been out of stock for, for months or just, you know, mediocre sales on a keyword and you want to get to page one and everybody on page one is selling, you know, a hundred units a day or 50 units a day through that keyword or, or uh, the people at the top, you're going to need to generate that, but you need to generate that over a longer period of time, two to three months to get, to show the algorithm sort of this new reset period that you're strong. So if you have a new product, it's much easier. Um, so I would generally um, say on new products, I've seen, I, I launched a new product. Um, I, help, I helped uh, a brand launch a new product um, just a month and a half ago and ended up getting to like position four organically on a keyword with like 90,000 searches a month in about 10 days of running ads. Now, how did that work? Why? Uh, a number of factors. Number one, uh, the main, the two campaigns that really drove everything was an exact match keyword campaign, okay, and an ASIN targeting campaign, okay. Um, that's what drove it. And what we did was, I traditionally every key when I do keyword research or when when I manage campaigns, we'll run broad, phrase, and exact for every keyword, and then we do what's called keyword harvesting when it when when we find a search term that converts from like a broad or a phrase match. We then move that um, we 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 move that search term back into broad phrase and exact, and we continuously harvest keywords from auto, etc. That's kind of like the traditional method. When I launch a new product, I want to show the algorithm. These are the keywords I want you to know that I'm very relevant for. 
I want to tell the algorithm. The algorithm doesn't really know. It knows based off my listing only, right? It knows based off the, the, the SEO of the text in my title, my backhead keywords, I'm kind of telling it. But now I want to drive the relevancy. So I take a, a narrow set of 10 to 20 keywords, the ones that I think have the most relevancy and search volume and that I can convert for. And I will put low bids on those keywords and I'll utilize um, bid up and down and a 900% um, top of search multiplier, okay, for those keywords. Now, along with that, I recommend being better than market on your price. I don't recommend being super cheap, super crazy cheap, meaning if ultimately you want to sell for 25 bucks, launching at 19.99 or 17.99, I think makes sense. But I wouldn't launch at like 10 bucks. And not because you're not making money or losing money, but I think the algorithm also has the price built into it. And so if you go from 10 to 25, suddenly you're going to lose a lot of position because of that. So then you can slowly raise your price if you started at 17, you know, because ideally what you want to do is you want to um, generate sales at a, pr at, at a price close to where you want to be at ultimately um, and be able to convert so that Amazon rewards you with the rankings. So top of search placement, um, a small narrow list of keywords, and then taking those same keywords, what I mentioned earlier on how you find ASINs, taking those keywords, putting each keyword into uh, search results and pulling all the ASINs that rank for those keywords. So uh, putting in a keyword in, taking the ASINs, pulling in, downloading the list of ASINs that are ranking on page one, putting those into an ASIN targeting uh, campaign. Um, and on that campaign, again, low bid, but you're doing a top of search, not top of search, but a multiplier on product pages, 900% on product pages. So, you, so you're going to be in that position number one on the ASIN. Um, and with this product that we launched, it turned out to be, it's a seasonal summer product. So we launched right at the right time with a good price. And we had some different, we had some points of differentiation. And so the ACOS actually was like 20% off the bat. Uh, it was about a hundred dollar product, 20% like off the bat performed really well. And the keyword rankings just, you know, um, were um, really good. Like after seven to 10 days, we started seeing like page one for multiple keywords um, and performed really well. So I think you can rank new products with just PVC potentially without doing any giveaways uh, or, or anything, uh, anything like that. Um, but you need to make sure. And, and I think that's kind of, I think ultimately it's the best way if you can rank that way. Now, if we would have ended up on the bottom of page one, for a bunch of those keywords, we probably would have done a push for some giveaways behind that to push it further. We didn't end up needing to. But I think launching with PPC is excellent because you're getting natural buyer behavior on your page, okay? Meaning when you do a giveaway and you're doing search find buy or you're sending people to like a two-step URL or, or something for ranking purposes, what happens? The person clicks on your URL, they immediately go to the add to cart they buy, right? That is not natural behavior of how Amazon customers shop. Amazon customers search a keyword, click on a product, hit the back, you know, scroll up and down the page, hit the back button, click on another product, check out and buy, right? Add to cart, maybe come back three days later and check out. It's like a natural process. And generally when people are doing these giveaways, it's not natural. Now, giveaways seem to be working. They're still working for ranking. So maybe at this point, Maybe Amazon doesn't care as much about that natural behavior, but they certainly can, they certainly know and can detect it. And with PPC, you're driving natural traffic that is not being sort of manipulated in any way to rebate the customer on the back end or anything else. And the customer is going to behave just like any other customer. Um, and I think that's the best way to launch. Uh, unfortunately, if you're doing a relaunch, um, you know, you might need to do both PPC as well as giveaways, and you might need to do it for a longer period of time, um, which is why, you know, if you launch a product off the bat, you want to, you know, it's advantageous to do it the right way off the bat, be aggressive on the price, have a point of differentiation, have an amazing listing off the bat, all those, all those things. Um, and so um, these two campaigns um, have worked really well. I think you can add in like an auto campaign as well if you wanted to at like a lower bid just to get some additional sales. But what you're really doing is you're driving that rel you're you're driving that relevancy in the algorithm. And the the point of the ASIN targeting is to 
uh, it's also relevancy around the keywords because if my main keyword is green tea and somebody searches green tea, clicks on a competitor, sees my ad, clicks my ad and buys, Amazon still recognizes, recognizes that they started with the search for green tea and makes that relevant connection. Um, so that would be sort of like my, um, ranking advice. You want to be aggressive. You're going to need to accept a higher a cost and you do want to find some ways to, you know, generate some reviews during this time because at the end of the day, you can end up on page one, but you're not going to stay there unless, you know, you're not going to stay there if you don't keep converting. And obviously social proof is an, you know, is a big sort of element in, in conversion. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Iran. And, um, so after you're able to, you know, hit page one, let's say rank four, um, I mean, what do you do to stick? Do you keep the PPC campaign going? Uh, are you implementing yep. like a review strategy or like giveaways, or do you, are you just purely, you know, just organic? Yeah, so, from them? so, so I would say on the on the PPC side, I will then transition to, to so let's say my ACOS was higher than I want to accept long term. Um, so I'll do this like PPC anywhere, I would say up to like a month, the first month, it's good to be aggressive. Um, and yeah, during that time, I will want to do some things to generate reviews. You might, you know, you might get five or 10 friends and family around the country, hopefully not all in the same location to buy and get some reviews. You might do a, a rebate um, ranking campaign. Um, and generate some reviews that way. Um, so yes, you want to generate you want to generate reviews, um, and you if if you have the Vine program uh, available, which is now back up. It was it was sort of paused during um, beginning of COVID, uh, but now it's back up. If you have Vine, absolutely run that. You have to have a good quality product because Vine customers on average are a little bit more critical. But if you you know if you if your product quality is good, um, do it. You'll generate. 25 to 30 reviews or so doing doing the vine program it's well worth it it's also free um now the only downside is amazon gives you five vine products to do and then once you're done with the five you don't have any more you can't buy them right now you don't get any more it doesn't get replenished i i would imagine at some point you know in the next 12 months they'll roll out where it's like paid and you'll be able to add more but right now it's just five. So if you're not super confident that you're going to keep this product around, you may not want to waste a vine on it, but generally I recommend do the vine, do the early review program, you know, do, do the, do the normal things. Vine is super, super useful. Um, and then, and then I would transition to more manage probably around like a break even a cost, uh, around the PPC, but yeah, I would definitely keep the PPC. Um, and, um, you know, kind of make a judgment call after a month based on where I'm at. Um, what needs to be done? Do I need to make giveaway push because I'm in position, you know, 18 and I want to go up to position five. Can I stay at position five? Like do the people that have reviews there, can I compete against those? Like which are the keywords? Uh, you know, part of the reason why I also like sort of starting with the PPC strategy is because I put in a lot of keywords and I'm not dictating. I'm not starting with a giveaway and saying, this is the keyword that I'm going to target, or these are the two keywords that I'm going to target. And this is what's going to stick. I'm sort of letting the algorithm and customers decide what they're going to convert on and what might stick utilizing PPC. And then I can give those, and then I, I can already see what converted off the keywords in the PPC campaign. And so if I converted using PPC, then I'll probably convert organically. And so now I know I should push those particular keywords that converted from the PPC because I have that data um, and I can, and I can do that. Um, so, you know, I would make a judgment call based on kind of where I'm at 15 to 20 days in, see if I need to do giveaways, see what I need to do. If I need to stay as aggressive on the PPC side, if I had amazing ACOS, then I may want to keep that. I may just want to keep top of search and, and all that. If I, if I had good results. Um, but generally I would, I would kind of start to move, to you know, broad match, phrase match, other sponsored brand campaigns, other campaign types. Excellent. This is gold. Great strategy to launch with PC. Thank you. All right. And anything else you wanted to share with uh, what's working right now? Um, no, I mean, I, I really think um, um, uh, I, I hit home. I, I would say if you haven't implemented sponsored brand video and product display, product targeting. 
Um, those are the ones I think to capitalize on the fastest. Um, and if you're spending more than 10 or 15,000 a month on PPC and you have a goal of kind of building out a brand, you should also consider Amazon DSP. Um, I'll just touch on that for a second. Amazon DSP, Amazon may have reached out to you in the past. Uh, it's possible if you're watching this, Amazon has reached out to you in the past to say, hey, we want you to do the, this, this DSP thing. Um, DSP is not available to you in Seller Central. It's a totally separate platform that you don't get self-service access to that only you can run only with Amazon directly. And now more agencies are kind of getting access to. Uh, we have access to run it for you also. Um, I believe there will be an API for this within the next six months, uh, or there might already be by the time you're watching this recording, an API access for it. Um, and this will open up a little bit more, become a little bit more accessible. Uh, with Amazon directly, it's a $35,000 commitment. Um, and usually they'll want you to spend that over the first two months. Um, before I had an ad agency, I ran this with Amazon myself. I did not get good results. Um, and I believe part of the reason is because Amazon, the rep is kind of incentivized to spend my money. Um, I know that for a fact. Um, like right now, if reps are reaching out to you, they're incentivized Amazon reps for you to spend money on sponsored brand ads and sponsored display. For example, if you spend more on sponsored products, they don't care. Cause that's already like Amazon already has like saturation there. They want people to do new ad types. So reps are kind of, we'll, we'll try to say, Hey, try this, try that. Now they, they want to work in your best interest, but at the same time they have their own interests. Um, so, um, DSP is a separate platform that allows you to do off Amazon advertising using the data from Amazon. So you can run ads. So the reason why I don't think it worked well for me is because they were running ads for me um, more uh, both retargeting and top of funnel. Top of funnel meaning customers interested, shoppers interested in this segment. So they never looked at my product. They never looked at a competitor product, but they've bought product in that products in that category. And that's not going to convert as well as targeting people who have viewed my product, purchased my product, viewed my competitor ASINs, that I specifically want to target. Um, and that's a lot of what we're doing. I would say like bottom of the funnel and mid funnel advertising with DSP. Um, so targeting people who have viewed your products, targeting people who have purchased your uh, products um, in the past, especially like on consumables, as well as targeting people who have viewed competitor products. And it's a great way to get new to brand customers and do this um, competitor conquesting, but do it off Amazon and bring them back. I think a lot of the future of Amazon advertising is with DSP because as cost per click rises on Amazon in this closed ecosystem, um, there's more inventory available off Amazon on all these different websites, right? On, on CNN and Fox news, all these different websites people are going on that have these retargeting ads um, on display networks. So uh, I think that will get more popular and it gives you the ability to drive outside traffic and bring customers back and um, it get, um, there's a lot more data that you get around who your tar who your customers are uh, through that. So I would say if you're spending ten fifteen thousand a month already on sponsored products, um, you should consider looking at Amazon um, at Amazon DSP. And especially if you want to build sort of longer term brand awareness um, around your products, because you know you can also target more top of the funnel but it's not necessarily to get a return today. It's more to bring awareness to your brand for customers who, who may buy in the future. Um, but something to, something to consider um, and look into, I probably wouldn't do it direct through Amazon. There's a lot of, we run it, uh, we can run it for you. There's a lot of other agencies that also can run it um, where you can start with a lot lower minimum. So our minimum is 5,000 versus Amazon's minimum of 35,000. Um, so I would say if you're going to run it, it's your, better off testing it on a smaller scale first. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. And you know, a 5k minimum is, I think it makes a lot more sense than uh, 35k. So yeah, <clears throat> definitely talk to Liran for more information about that. Um, Liran, uh, we're a little, we're almost out of time. Uh, can you speak a little bit about what you're seeing in the future for Amazon uh, advertising? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think, I don't know if I, um, I mentioned at the beginning when I, when I spoke to Amazon, um, they, you know, they said to me, we want to democratize TV advertising. 
Um, so I think you're going to see, so I think a few things are going to happen. I think you're going to see a lot more video placements and ads across the site. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Amazon live takes off. It's been around now for a little bit of time. Um, I don't think it's quite taken off, but that's this QVC model that allows you to go, you know, to, uh, using, using a, an app Amazon has creator app or, or whatever to, to go live with your product and, and sell. And then you can. You can actually run ads there through some service providers that can boost your videos, your lives that you did to, to, to show them um, more throughout the week. Um, I think that may get interesting. It'll, it'll, I think it's questionable if that platform takes off. I personally think it's, it will. Um, uh, and, uh, and I just think vid video ads as well as targeting, you know, Amazon owns a lot of sites across the web, including Twitch. So, you know, if you have a product that appeals to Twitch users, will you see your ad uh, across the, you know, Twitch platform when people are doing live, you know, streaming of gaming, for example, um, IMDB, um, OTT, on top of all the Kindle devices, uh, Prime Video, like all these like future, future placements and where Amazon wants to get into with advertising and growing. Um, so I think there's, I think there's a lot of, you know, exciting opportunities for, brands as well as like um you know product placements uh you know across tv shows that amazon creates right um and then being able to buy those products on amazon uh after the fact right so um i think there could be some really interesting things but i, I certainly think dsp is a growth area as well as uh, as well as video um and and video ads another uh, thing I, I didn't mention that we didn't get into um if something that if you haven't done uh, posts, Amazon posts. So it's beta right now. Um, and it's under the advertising sort of platform. So when you go sign up, it's like under Amazon advertising, but it's free and it's putting your, these related posts, kind of like social media posts, um, on your products on competitor products. And now Amazon is showing you data around clicks and engagement, uh, on that. And there's a feed. And I think that's something that you should continuously create new content around, um, to add to, and that will be, uh, it's not an accident that it's under advertising. Uh, I think it's going to be a cost per click model. So number one, take advantage of it because it's free right now and it drives traffic. And number two, um, create content around it so that when Amazon gives it some more visibility or, um, when it is part of the advertising, you're already ahead of the game with it set up, but certainly take advantage of it. Um, because it's another, you know, it's another tool to drive traffic. And if you're not, it's kind of like a negative because other people are probably siphoning off traffic off your listing. But if you're not siphoning off traffic off anybody else's, you're kind of in the negative. So um, post beta, another, another area that I think, you know, in a year from now will be under the uh, Amazon ads platform. Excellent. And I mean, there's so many different areas we could touch upon. I wish we had more time, but uh, unfortunately we'll have to, We'll have to, um, you know, keep it within this time period. And Iran, yep. um, if you were to apply the 80-20 rule, you know, we covered all, all of these, you know, five new things. What would be your number one recommendation to our viewers, you know, if they want to really, you know, hit a home run with uh, Amazon PPC right now? Yeah. Um, so I think number one, if you're launching new products, being aggressive with advertising out of the gate, um, very important. Number one. Um, number two, um, optimizing your campaigns. I mean, if you're like, I mean, I don't know if there's still a lot of people that are sort of doing the auto set it and forget it, but if you're not harvesting keywords from auto and moving them into manual and doing ACE and targeting and doing broad phrase exact, you're kind of leaving money off the, on the table. Um, and then I would say sponsor brand video ads, um, are kind of like, uh, really good opportunity. And again, you don't need to invest money really to run them there are other things that i would say are not the 80 20 like amazon storefronts for example right like they're there if you have a lot of product could be useful amazon over the last couple of months was playing around with the, your brand name they had your brand name there and then they had visit brand name store recently instead of the brand name so they're trying they're, they were testing that now it's off but they're trying to drive people to the store so i think investing that for the future um, is good because a year from now it may become more important to have an Amazon storefront, especially if you have multiple products and can build out multiple pages. But I would say today it would be making sure you're 
regular sponsored products cam campaigns are well optimized. Number one, um, utilizing PPC for ranking on new products too, and sponsor brand video ads, um, as well as the product uh, targeting, but video ads more so. Perfect. This has been a fantastic masterclass on PPC. Um, I highly recommend that if you guys want some more help with this, connect with Iran. And Iran, what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, so you can email me, uh, Liran at incrementumdigital.com. Um, that's also the name of the website, Incrementum Digital. Um, very active on Facebook, so you can always, uh, probably the, the easiest way to get a hold of me is probably send me a, a private message on Facebook. Um, I respond to everybody, very responsive. If you have any questions on ads, uh, whether or not you want to you know, hire my agency or not, doesn't matter. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. All right. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much again, Iran. This has been gold. Uh, I learned a lot. I hope our audience did too. So uh, good luck with the rest of the year and we'll keep in touch and talk soon. Okay. And yeah, thank you so much for, for having me on and I uh, really appreciate you, you know, putting out a tremendous amount of, um, you know, this is a bonus content, but this whole seven figure summit and, you know, free content for people, uh, I think is awesome. Yeah, well, that, that's why I'm doing this. You know, I'm scratching my own itch and helping everyone else at the same time. So uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. And we'll, we'll see you guys soon. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, there's also a link in the show notes where you can actually submit a voice message if you want uh, a particular topic or question to be answered on the show. Thank you for listening for the reviews on uh, Apple iTunes, and I will see you on the next episode of the e-commerce mindset show.